You are. you are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. business. Welcome to Making Bank. I'm Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super excited for today's guest. Tim Sykes, Sean Kelly, Riley Meek, Justin Rizvani, Cole Gordon, Brian Littlefield, Bob Mesta. What have you found from a mindset or from strategies that has helped you become successful and continue to be able to be successful every year? It's all about adapting, you know, like mm. it's been a crazy few years, obviously, for the world. I mean, for me and for anybody who's trading just because sure. of the huge influx of people who want to get into trading because people are home forced or otherwise they lost their job. Um, but, you know, there's many different kinds of trading and let's not forget 90% of traders lose. So it's like everyone gets their stimulus checks. They put it into their Robinhood account. Nine out of 10 people lost all their money. They're putting it in some crypto. Most cryptos have crashed. I think you just have to be ready for anything and be open to anything. So if you see an opportunity, you know, for me, I saw an opportunity with teaching penny stocks because there's no like quality penny stock traders teaching. I know a lot of traders, they don't want to share their secrets publicly because that would impact their earnings. I, mm. I don't know if the last time, I think the last time we talked, I would go back to a small account every year of 12,000 and try to grow it. I still right. do that, but now I donate a hundred percent of my trading profits to charity. I just make money from teaching. So my interests are completely aligned with my students where, again, it's nice if I make money, I want to donate more to charity, but I'm more interested in creating a video lesson. What did I do right on this trade? What did I do wrong? Let me teach students the process. So in a past life, even last time I talked to you, I would never have been like, no, I'm, I'm not donating all my trading profits to charity. Now for me, I want to donate more and I want students to understand it's not about my trading profits. It's seeing my screen, seeing what I do and learning from it. This is how I've quintupled my number of millionaire students. So I've adapted to take advantage of opportunity wherever I see it. And you really have to be open-minded. You can't be closed-minded to anything. You will be mm. shocked at, at the life that you can create if you're willing to listen to you know your heart and, and your gut and go with what makes you happy. Yeah, no, I think that's so important because a lot of times, especially if we're trying to, like, we're so focused on making money that we're not doing that. We're not listening to our heart. We're not listening, you know, it's all about, oh, you know, I got to trade, got to trade, got to trade. And then we start putting all that pressure, you know, on ourselves. And then that, you know, that's when we start making mistakes. I mean, I like to think of myself as actually a retired trader, even though I trade almost every day, that little mindset keeps me out of the overtrading uh, trap, right? Where it's like, mm. okay, I'm a trading teacher. Okay, I got to show my students something. But if you do that, you take subpar trades, you'll get subpar results. So for me, and, and an innovator, right? Mm. An, an inventor okay. has to create a unique way. They have, uh, the, their stuff is usually patentable, right? And that, sure. that's unique and protectable. But the fact is, is it's just a, a different way of doing something. And so part of this is that to me, what innovation is about is it's about actually helping a large group of people basically make progress in their life. And so part of this is that most people come up with the idea. And I always think of ideas are really, really cheap. Like everybody can come up with ideas. There's thousands and thousands of ideas, right? But the ones that really hit are the ones that actually land on something where people want to do something, but they can't. And so mm. part of this is to be able to figure out kind of where are those moments where people are struggling or people want to do something, but they can't. And then ultimately figuring out how to design something to fit into their lives. 
right? A, a simple example of that is I worked with a company called uh, Southern New Hampshire University. I don't know if you've seen them on TV or anything like that, but but yeah. they I started talking to them back in 2010 when they had about 500 online students. And we figured out like how many people want to go back to college but can't. <laughs> and can we figure out a way to actually help them do that? They now have 200,000 students globally. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so you start to realize like it's it's not focused on like, so so what we did is we figured out what caused those 500 people to, to literally say, I'm going to pay to go back to college, but I'm never going to come to campus. We end up figuring out how they actually, why they did that, what they did it for and what they were willing to pay. And then we found other people willing to do it. And the in the first year, we went from 500 to 10,000. <laughs> Right? It was just that many people. So you start to realize it's a much larger market when you say, how many people want to go back to school but can't? All right, now sure. I can actually go build something. So th that's where it starts. And I usually, again, as an engineer and a, I'll say a technologist, I love technology, but at the same time, I, I'm very prone to over-engineer everything. And as Jason Fried <laughs> says, he goes, you're better off with a kick-ass half than a half-ass whole. Right. right? <laughs> the one thing I think that, that if I could pass on that I think would be the, has been so useful to me is to realize, number one, is there's way more unknowns than there are knowns and that, and that you have to appreciate and humble yourself to realize, like, when you think you know the answer, I can almost guarantee you don't and that you have to actually take the time to actually uh, identify the unknowns. And most of the development work is about making the unknowns known. And so like, think about it. We plan when we're the stupidest about something. And then we hold ourselves accountable to that stupidity as opposed to realizing, look, this is where I want to start. And this is the direction I want to go. And the fact is, is measure your, measure, you know, uh, measure your goals by the progress you make, not by the gap you are from the goal. Because progress, you, you can't even possibly imagine what's possible without like six months from now, I'll be way smarter to know what those goals should be. And so part of it is to think about what progress do you want to make? Don't set yourself just a goal to hit a goal. Because at some point, nine times out of 10, you end up being myopic. And for every goal you hit, there's three goals you don't hit. And ultimately, you have to trade off to get to make progress. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.